0: thousand people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals this is the word of the lord thanks mark just uh keep your finger in that page because we'll come back to it and turn back to uh isaiah 45 in the black bibles it's um page 1133 does anyone have the other page number i didn't hear that but I can't hear or see. 505. Yeah, so it's Isaiah chapter 45, starting at verse 5, going through to verse 10. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to those who quarrel with their maker, those who are nothing but potsherds among the potsherds on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, What are you making? Does your work say, the potter has no hands? Woe to the one who says to a father, what have you you begotten? Or to a mother, what have you brought to birth? This is the word of the Lord.
1: Morning all. Good to see you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we finish in the book of Jonah, may you speak to each one of us in regards to our various needs, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Over my dead body. Maybe you've only thought it. Some of us probably said it. What causes Jonah to say virtually that? For Jonah had now done as God had commanded. He went to Nineveh and preached the word of God and the people of the long with the king turned from their evil ways and may have placed their faith in God. Jonah, the rebellious prophet, knows what God is like but he is still disobedient. His disobedience and his crying out over my dead body comes from him wanting to limit God's activities of hating the Assyrians because they were the enemies of Israel. They conquered them and they would also extract ransom from them. And he also believed that God, the God of the Israelites and the Hebrews, was not to be the God of the Assyrians. And so Jonah is very angry with God. And I guess as followers of God, it's important for us to recognise that God actually lets us be angry with him. And I'm sure there have been times in your life where you have been angry with God. Maybe he didn't heal somebody. Maybe he hasn't healed you. Maybe... You didn't get the job. Maybe there was financial difficulties, whatever it is. You may well be angry with God, have been or may still be angry with God. For Jonah, like us all, wants his own way. And yet what we see is that God doesn't give up on Jonah. Jonah. Jonah is sent to Nineveh, and there he preaches the gospel. And we find that as we we found that the people repented. And so then Jonah wants to see what happens. And so if you look with me in verse 5, we read, Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city, and there he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. He builds this shelter, but it's inadequate. And so God does something quite remarkable. For, you see, God doesn't say to Jonah, you're angry with me, I'm not going to have anything to do with you anymore. And he doesn't say, you made your own bed in it, you lie in it. Now, in spite of Jonah's relationship with God not being what it ought to be, God continues to provide for him. Remarkable, isn't it? Verse 6 says, And the Lord provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head and to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. It's the only time Jonah's happy in the whole book. He's a real grump. Even in his disobedience, God is gracious and kind. And Jonah knows that, for he had said back in verse 2, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, and a God who relents from sending calamity. So we are reminded here that as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, God never gives up on us. We might give up on God. We might want to move away from him for various reasons. But he never gives up. And... He shows his compassion by building, by making a plant grow after Jonah's building falls down. Bit like the tin shed in Fiji. Verse 6 says to us Then the Lord provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his. Discomfort. God has continually provided for Jonah. Remember, first of all, he provides a storm, a severe mercy, then a fish, then a plant. And then what happens? In verse 7, but the, at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that the plant, so that it withered. Here again we find God's severe mercy. Sometimes that happens in our lives, isn't it? We might be going away from God or just meandering along and God brings a tough situation upon us and we turn back to him. And that, in his sovereign mercy, is good for us. It might be a horrible thing. But God cares so much about our relationship with him. He may be prepared to do such a thing. And then, what takes place? When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew grew faint and he wanted to die again over my dead body. It would be better for me to die than to live. And then comes an interesting thing. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? God enters into a discussion with Jonah. He asks Jonah a question. Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Now, why does God ask Jonah a question? And you see, God actually does this through the scriptures. Is it for God's good? Think back to Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sin. And what does God what do they do? They they go away. And what does God do? He says to them, Where are you? Now do you think that the sovereign God of the whole earth who made all the world doesn't know where Adam and Eve are? Do you really think that? No, of course not. So why does God ask the question? Well, he gets an answer, doesn't he? We were afraid and we hid. They speak about their relationship with God and with one another. And when we're asked questions, we often know the answers within ourselves, don't we? What happens in... Chapter 4 of Genesis, Cain kills Abel. And what does God say? Do you think God missed it? Do you think God was sort of, he blinked and it sort of happened and he didn't see it? He asks the question, what have you done? And it's a good question for us, isn't it, at times? When we sin... What have you done? It's the same question that the sailors put to Jonah. You're running away from this God who made the whole earth, who controls this storm? What have you done? And you see the stubbornness and insensitivity of Jonah because God asks him, is it right for him to be angry? And, of, and Jonah belligerently says, it is. I'm so angry I wish I was dead. How stupid we are at times. Really? He doesn't want these people saved. and that's a good question for us at times for are there people that you don't want to see saved see in theory there might be some for example think of the man who killed all those people in New Zealand the terrorist, do you really want to see him in heaven no we don't really emotionally we don't but surely God has a right to be compassionate and kind to him. A friend of mine is a chaplain in a prison. He ministers to a guy who killed three people brutally. That man has become a Christian. He'll be in heaven. We actually might meet him. What is God doing? Has he got any right to do that? Well, of course he does. For God is kind and compassionate and loving. And it's his world. And you see, that's one of the things that comes out of this passage. We are reminded of the sovereignty of God. We are his people and he can do with us what he so chooses. He may have compassion on whoever he chooses. You see, what is in the end is the answer that people get when they have a dispute with God. Job has a dispute with God and in the end, what is he told? Shut up, I'm sovereign. I'll do with my people what I so choose and I'll do with you what I so choose. In the book of Jonah, Jonah disputes with God and what does God say? Can I not have compassion on whoever I choose to have compassion? He points out to Jonah at the end of the book which really doesn't tell us what Jonah says or does but in the end... God says this in verse 10 and 11. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, so God works from the lesser to the greater. Though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? In other words, these people are spiritually blind. That's what it means to not know your right hand from your left. And that's what happens in the world, isn't it? We've heard from Nick and Hannah about the Hindu in Fiji. He doesn't know what God is like. And we can now pray for that man, that the seeds of the gospel that were sown by the team, talk, team members talking to him, that in someday God will be work in him and he will come to a saving faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. We are reminded in this chapter that we live in God's world. And he can do with us as he so chooses. And he can save who he chooses. And we are more fortunate than Jonah because we live the other side of the cross. Jesus is asked, who do people, Jesus asks the question, who do people say that I am? And then he asks another question of the disciples, and who do you say I am? And they respond, you are the Christ. And aren't we privileged? We would say the same thing. And God in his great mercy, his compassion, his graciousness and kindness has opened our eyes to the truths that Jesus is the way of salvation. Jonah, in chapter 2, when he prays, says this, Salvation belongs to the Lord, our God, has been kind to us, don't be like Jonah, hear the word of God, don't run away from it, listen to it, pray to the sovereign God of all the earth, don't be angry, but when the opportunity comes to tell others about the Saviour that you love. Don't be a reluctant missionary, but be like God and be willing to share about the God that you know and love. I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And in a moment, we will share in the Lord's Supper. We will take bread and wine and we will remember what Christ has done for us on the cross. Help us, Heavenly Father, to do whatever reconciliation that we need to do with you. And help us when we get the opportunity to talk about Jesus. Speak to people about your love, your compassion, your kindness, and your graciousness. For we ask it in, for Christ's sake. Amen